Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to the RLC Sermon Chat podcast. Hi, folks. Good to be with you today. <laughs> hi, Kelly. Hello. So we are going to talk about your sermon from Sunday yes. the 23rd. Always a joy on... to speak more about a sermon. Yeah. <laughs> this so is like a pastor's dream, don't you think? I think so. It's, it's kind of like nice. you get to preach three sermons in a week instead of just one. <laughs> and you do prep enough for it yes. anyway. So. And it gives you, I don't know, it's kind of a little give and take with the congregation. Sort yeah, of really. I mean, we got, conversation we got some great questions ongoing. again. And I love that the congregation, you all, are getting involved and in going deeper in the First Timothy texts. Yeah. So, what do we have today? Well, so you spoke on affirmation and accountability of Christian leaders on Sunday. I so, did. Do you want to give us a little rundown of what that was all about? Sure. So um, Paul has been talking to Timothy as a Christian leader. And uh, one of the main foci of the book of 1 Timothy is Christian leadership. And I think the predominant reason for that is this uh, widespread, it seems, uh, false teaching by false teachers. So I think Paul is, in a very practical way, trying to rein this in, in the mm-hmm. church in Ephesus. And we haven't strayed all that far today either. We have um, a lot of continued, when it comes to Christianity, false teaching and false teachers. And Jesus even told the disciples, be aware of that yourselves. In chapter 5 then, I think Paul helps us with two real practical ways to help our leaders stay in the proper place when it comes to mm-hmm. teaching and not fall into heresy, yeah. namely. That's, that's the, been the problem. So the affirmation of church leaders is, uh, you know, at the end of this chapter, is, is really a reminder to Timothy and then through Timothy to the congregation, because no doubt this would have been read aloud in the, in the church at their time of worship, that it's not only appropriate and right, but really necessary to uh, give to our leaders in the church, and then even special preference to those who preach and teach, because of the heresy and the false teaching, uh, in order to uh, pay them their diligent or due wage. Right. And Jesus affirmed that as well. So we can make the assumption then that this wasn't happening in in Ephesus. Mm -hmm. And I think at at the bottom, you know, at the the foundational level, Paul is saying, I'll put it in uh, Steve vernacular. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, okay. Dude, pay these people. Right. Um, And pay, it may have been monetary. More likely, it was maybe uh, housing and food or Mm -hmm. taking care of their needs. Right. But Paul's saying they are working on God's behalf for you and the sake of the church that that you don't fall into this place of false false teaching and heresy. Mm-hmm. So give them what they deserve. And it, it's possible that this wasn't happening. And so those who really did have 
a proper theology and an understanding of Scripture couldn't afford to pastor or yeah. lead a church. Yeah. And frankly, that still happens today. <laughs> Not in our church. Right. We've been we've been we've made strides. Uh, even yesterday, I had a chat with our council president, mm -hmm. um, and we have a compensation committee. Uh, and on Monday, we'll talk through the uh, this with the executive committee and then the council, and then we'll mm -hmm. recommend a compensation kind of salary plan. Right. And we've been very mindful of paying the due wage for those who work in ministry vocationally. Mm -hmm. And so, by the way, that type of plan gets discussed every year. It's every year. It's not year. something that we just do once in a while or no. kind of think about in passing. That's a yeah. regular discussion that yeah. we, have. We, have a, we have. a regular council committee who meets every year yeah. to discuss proper and appropriate compensation of our vocational staff. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a great way to affirm them. Yeah. But then I listed um, five ways based on the five love languages mm -hmm. that are maybe a start, a, a springboard for people to begin to think about just little ways that sure. we might encourage not just our vocational staff, because we don't compensate our lay staff mm -hmm. or our lay leaders, yeah. um, but they're really great ways and they're very meaningful. Right. So the second thing I talked about there, and I, I think Paul was reminding us that on the one side, we want to love uh, in the affirmative by taking care of our staff and leaders. On the other side, we also want to love by holding them accountable. Mm -hmm. And that just is the, the, the thought there, I think, in Paul is we all make mistakes. And some who have fallen, fallen into this false teaching are those who weren't loved enough by their congregation, mm -hmm. peers or uh, spiritual friends, for those friends to step in and say, again, uh, Steve Vernacular, dude, that's <laughs> not right. Yeah. What, yeah. What, the way that's said, or I've examined the scriptures, or maybe you could say it differently, or you can't treat people that way, that's equally loving to the Christian leader so mm -hmm. that we don't fall into that place of heresy, sure. especially in our, in our preaching and sure. teaching, yeah. and that we don't fall into that place of ongoing habitual sinfulness. Mm -hmm. Well, I, yeah. I know, <laughs> you know, I've heard you say many times um, at the beginning of a sermon, you know, mm -hmm. you invite people to take out their Bible, read along with you as yeah. you're hold um, me accountable as you're preaching and going yes. through the Word. And yes. if there's something that you say that they're questioning, you invite them to of course come and talk to you about it. And that is part of this accountability because Agreed. if if there's some difference in understanding what the Scripture's saying, it's always mm -hmm. good to talk about it. Yeah, um, and and you know, get to what it right. it really is. And that's why we also cling tightly to the scriptures. Mm -hmm. And you know this. Yeah. In our liturgy, all of our liturgy is connected to, directly to scripture. Mm -hmm. And we list that scripture reference in, either on the screens or in, in the, bulletin. Uh, the bulletin for mm -hmm. the five o'clock service. Yeah. That is also a way that we have built in accountability mm -hmm. to God's word. Mm-hmm. 
And then just the realization that I'm not the best me when I'm, when I'm trapped in sin. Mm-hmm. And so it really is an act of love for someone to say, I think you did that wrong, yeah. or you messed up here, or I think you could do that better, <laughs> and all the rest. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I'm just thinking in, in my head of you know, who, who gets to do that in my life. And there are several <laughs> yeah. uh, groups yeah. of people who get to do that. Then I've actually asked them to keep me accountable. One is my peace team. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of our ministry staff, I should say most of our ministry staff, uh, have a peace team mm-hmm. that they meet with regularly. Right. Right. Somehow Tuesday mornings at 7. <laughs> it seems to be the favorite time. Be in the place. <laughs> um, and then the executive committee, I've said, keep me accountable. Uh-huh. To the staff, uh-huh. I've said, keep me accountable, right. and you do, and I, I, and I am grateful for it. Because mm-hmm. guess what? I don't, I don't always do things right, and I want the opportunity to make things right. Yeah, interestingly enough, uh, in the Christian healing uh, book study that we had on Sunday, this was something that we talked about a little mm. bit too: was having a friend. Yeah in your life who you share that, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll keep you accountable, you keep me accountable kind of relationship. And that's an important thing to have. It really is, and especially in church leadership. We see so many church leaders fall, and it's always a a public fall. Mm -hmm. And in almost every case, it's because they did not have built in uh, to their rhythm of life uh, those people who, who would keep them accountable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we don't just end up in moral failure. Right. We, there's a path to get there. And we need <laughs> people in that, along that path to say, um, Pump the brakes. Watch your, watch your life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I could okay. talk about this all day. And I, I well, guess, uh, yeah, let's yeah. get to the, some of the questions. Okay. So um, we'll go back to, we'll kind of do these maybe in order of how mm. your sermon was organized with, um, we'll start so with the So you're saying questions. my sermon was organized. Well, you know, <laughs> maybe a little bit. <laughs> That's good. So let's start with um, mm. one that kind of goes along with affirming Christian leaders. Okay. Uh, so one of our members... Uh, asked if we could elaborate on Luke 10, verse 5 a little bit and mm, what yeah. that means. So I, I used Luke 10 um, because, because Paul used Luke 10. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it, at the end of verse 18, Paul quotes two scriptures. The first is from Deuteronomy 25. Do not muzzle an ox while it is treading out the grain. And then the second is from Luke 10 Mm -hmm. and reads, the worker deserves his wages. And actually, that's a a direct quote um, of, well, almost a direct quote of Jesus. But but I I would say it's a direct quote of Jesus. Anyway, Mm -hmm. we won't get into all of the other (laughs) uh, critical grammatical methodology of interpretation. Let's pass that over. So let me read um, in context. Okay. Um, so I'll set the context. Jesus has said now to 72 uh, disciples, mm-hmm. uh, go out and minister. 
and really he's telling them make make the same invitation I have to the people that you encounter and that is simply the kingdom of heaven is near uh, come follow me mm-hmm. so that so the the petition here the proclamation is simply follow Jesus and then in verse 5 Jesus says as part of their instructions so he's told them take nothing with you that's not uncommon mm-hmm. in the first century because the, the community, especially, especially uh, the people of Israel, practiced hospitality, and by the way, still do. Mm-hmm. Um, so do the Arabic countries as well. The Middle East, that's a high priority is hospitality. Um, I've got a great story from when I was in Jordan, but I don't know if I'll have time for it. Anyway. Okay, we'll see. Yeah. So um, he says then, don't take any thing with you but rather depend on people's hospitality right that's not really a stretch here for jesus sometimes we think oh you know they're going with nothing if we did that that, because we're not really that hospitable (laughs) anyway might be a little more difficult it would be much more difficult (laughs) verse five um when you enter a house then jesus says first say peace to this house what he's saying there is um, make your presence peaceful. You're not here to argue. You're not here to fight. Uh, you're not here to take advantage of the good hospitality of these people, but rather you want to be a blessing to them. Mm-hmm. Then verse six, if someone who promotes peace is there, so again, someone who welcomes you with the gift of hospitality, which they should. In fact, it was obligatory to offer hospitality to the stranger, the sojourner, the foreigner. And so um, then Jesus says, if that peace is reciprocated, then your peace will rest on them, meaning it'll stay. Um, If not, it will return to you. So um, nothing given, nothing lost. No big deal. Then you just move on to the next. Um, But then he says, if it is reciprocal, this hospitality, this peace, then stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages, and then do not move around from house to house. Um, I think this is probably the word order that Jesus used, and that's mm-hmm. why it's this way. But um, the, the, the way it reads better, I think, in, in the English, is if we were to say, stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, do not move around from mm-hmm. house to house, mm-hmm. and connect those two points together and then the rationale this is the purpose for the worker deserves his wages meaning you deserve to receive hospitality and if a household has extended you that hospitality um, it would be rude for you to leave yeah okay so I think that is the whole idea of of the concept of hospitality. Mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, D- don't look for something better. Right. Maybe you don't yeah. like what they're serving. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they have better food uh, at that yeah. house. <laughs> Maybe you're more of a lamb and not really a goat person, yeah. but that they're eating goat. Eat the goat, he says. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it could be then that the worker for Jesus is uh, moving from place to place trying to find, you know, move, move up to the five-star yeah. hospitality place. So I think it's that simple. Okay. I think Jesus is saying, if someone is going to be hospitable, receive it. You deserve it. 
And um, it would be rude for you to move on from, from that place. Because after all, they're being hospitable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything deeper than that. Yeah. 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 Great. I hope that helps. Great. Yes. Okay, so also along the lines of affirming your leaders, one of our yeah, congregation affirming. members asked, where would you like to go for your mani-pedi? <laughs> <laughs> Did I ask that seriously enough? <laughs> um, well, my wife swears by CCs, and I'm not oh, even sure where that is. I think, is, I is that over that by the mall? I don't Maybe. know. Hmm. But... Uh, yeah, CC's. So, so can I look forward to this now? I don't know, maybe. So I, I can almost guarantee you, and don't tell me who asked the question, but they probably didn't think I was going to give a straight answer. But <laughs> CC's not. it is. There you go. Okay, so, so you have your I can, answer. I can play this game. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that question was for me. It was, oh, yes. Oh. Well, you mentioned that... Uh, right. I think you said you'd never had one before. I have never had yeah. one before. So, and frankly, I'm okay keeping it that way. <laughs> Save your money. <laughs> okay. Well, moving on. Okay. So um, we have mm. a question from two different people. It's basically kind of the same question. So okay. I'm going to read the longer version of it, but mm. the shorter version is... Um, why two or three witnesses instead of mm-hmm. one? Yeah. And um, the, the longer question with this asks, what about those sinful behaviors that are done in secret? Mm. Doesn't this in a way muzzle a victim? Mm. And then um, they go on, yes, we need to protect our leaders from mm-hmm. false accusations, but with all... The sexual abuse scandals mm. where sin is done with an overture of enforced mm-hmm. secrecy. What is the correct way? Yeah. So again, this has to do with, you know, how you get mm-hmm. a proper number of witnesses or. Yeah. I'm thinking about that. Yeah. Th- those who are. That's aren't a big watching, question. Um, <laughs> That my you could see my wheels turning inside my cranium <laughs> and a little smoke coming out. <laughs> well, okay, so let me let me first talk about the norm and then mm-hmm. I'll talk about the exception. Okay, because I think we have to separate those two. Um, namely, the uh, the abuse question is the exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the I think. Um, what what we're dealing with here is the norm. And what you don't want to do is make the exception the, the norm. So we, we don't want to live uh, according to a, a law or guidelines that uh, are written or prescribed to the exception. We want to live by th- those laws or guidelines that are written or lived to the normative experience. And then we allow for the exception and have to okay. enter into that space, okay. I think, on a case-by-case basis. Sure. So having given that background, I would say normally uh, because of the the publicness of the individual mm-hmm. in Christian leadership, um, behaviors are easily observed. And so in that case, I think if the 
Christian leader, uh, you know, let, let's say the Christian leader is in a, a meeting with a team of people and it's at the end of the day and they're just fried mm -hmm. and they get uh, ticked off about something. <laughs> this is not going their way, right. you know, right. and, and they're a little bit harsh towards someone else or uh, terse mm -hmm. or, um, you know, angry even. Okay. Or maybe it's been a great day and that's just the way they are. <laughs> <laughs> There's more than one witness there. So right. uh, if, if you're the individual, for instance, let's say we're in a staff meeting and I become short with you mm -hmm. uh, and you come to me and say, hey, Steve, you know, uh, I, I didn't appreciate uh, it being dismissed and the object of your anger. Hopefully I would say, yeah, man, I'm, I'm really sorry, Kelly. I messed up. Uh, if I didn't say that, then you could bring Lisa or Jenny or mm -hmm. Amanda or, you know, whoever else was in the meeting to, to with you mm -hmm. so that they could also say, hey, we were there, bro. Yeah. And uh, you, you were short. Right. And, yeah. and your anger came out. I, I like to say that... Um, uh, in those cases, <laughs> our anger leaks out. We mm -hmm. leak out our mm -hmm. emotions. So um, I think in normative practice, that's what Deuteronomy and also uh, Timothy are talking about. Sure. Somebody else who has witnessed the behavior. Um, was that clear enough? Or do you have I some? Think so. Okay. So now let, let's go to the exception okay. where something is done in private. And okay. I would. I would, I would broaden uh, this person's question to include any kind of abuse, yeah. not just sexual. Um, you know, um, ab abuse because of race, age, mm -hmm. uh, gender, any of that, mm -hmm. uh, and especially in the church. Mm -hmm. I think we have to be careful here. Um, we see a lot of uh, turmoil coming out of um, a southern denomination uh, where there's been abuse against women, misogyny. Mm -hmm. And yeah. some prominent women are standing up and saying, this is what happened to me. Mm -hmm. uh, that stuff also needs to be addressed. Right. And yes, I agree. It also happens mainly in private. So in that case, what are we talking about? Um, those who come with the victim, what are they giving witness to? Mm -hmm. Well, first, I think they're giving witness to... Uh, the character, the integrity of the victim themselves. Look, we know her or we know him and they're not making this up. Um, we've seen that this has truly affected this, our friend. Um, they can speak to the emotions of the individual. Well, we see how he or she has been affected right. by their yeah. time together with you, whenever right. it was. Right. Um, they can also give witness to the process. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, let's come together. And even though we didn't observe what happens, now we're here to witness the conversation between the two of you to bring reconciliation and restoration. Remember, that's the goal. Right. Reconciliation and restoration mm -hmm. relationally. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of R's, but <laughs> pastors like alliteration. Yeah. You know, restoration, reconciliation, relationally. Thirdly, I would say, these are those who help that particular 
uh, victim and perpetrator to both be acting in love. We were taught, uh, this, this is how I ended my sermon. I did it purposefully, although I don't think I did it well. <laughs> anyway, here nor there. Um, we are to affirm and hold accountable mm-hmm. with the proper motivation. Right. And that is love. Yes. So I think there's, there's more that we can give witness to, um, even if we didn't get eyewitness to the actual event. Right. Okay. That's what I would say. Okay. And uh, I, I like that. I, well, I, I, you know, I've thought through this a lot because, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'm asked to go, uh, you know, I, I do some you know, marriage counseling and I see myself as one who, A, I'm not a professional. Uh, you should seek a professional. <laughs> I can help in the spiritual realm of mm-hmm. marriages and the rest. Mm-hmm. But uh, one, two, I'm there to give a witness of the process and um, to the God above who wants us to reconcile and be restored um, in and through uh, God's love and our love for each other. Yeah. So that's where I would... That's what I would say about that. And okay. uh, I, I, there are probably a whole bunch of other ways that we could look at that passage. But I think first we have to, you know, oftentimes we, we like to get to this place where there's, uh, that we're preaching or teaching or following the law uh, based on the exception and not the rule or the norm. Mm-hmm. That's not how scripture is written or guidance is given. Mm-hmm. So we, we can move outside that space for those exceptions and do the best we can. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. What else? Great. That was all the questions. Wow, actually. super great. Good. So you have time to tell us about your experience in Jordan or if there was <laughs> uh, anything you left on the cutting room floor that you especially uh, miss talking about. Well, I'll, I'll do both and I'll do it quickly. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> One, I would say, uh, and maybe I, it's so hard to know what to include and what not mm-hmm. to include. Um, this kind of work that we've talked about, affirmation and, and accountability, mm-hmm. can only happen uh, if the church community, the people, is healthy and safe. Yeah. Those two yeah. things have to be there. Mm-hmm. Um this can't happen, and I and I believe it, it even can be become abusive if it happens in a church that's not healthy and safe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can see the accountability part getting kind of ugly in some. And places. even the a- affirmation, yeah, it, to the to the degree that um, you know. Uh, now, now, if 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 our motivation isn't pure, mm-hmm. and we just want to get on the right side of leadership, yeah, that yeah. I, I, you know, I unfortunately I have over thirty years of full time vocational <laughs> ministry experience and uh, three years as chair of our national ministry board, and I've seen some really bad things <laughs> that that pastors yeah. and churches do to each other, yeah. and. Um, it, this is, does not work and cannot help happen. Uh, pastors abuse, churches abuse, 
So unless the church is healthy and safe, mm -hmm. and I could, I could um, go off on the diatribe, but I won't, I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> if, you, if you're interested in more, I'd love to talk to you about sure. that. But if the church is not healthy or the church is not safe for either the congregant or the, the uh, church leader, it won't happen. Right. Um, okay. okay. I was in Jordan with yes. um, our two missionaries uh, to Jordan. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were traveling, let's see, south okay. down to, uh, well, first the, the Dead Sea and then to Petra. And um, we were making our way up the mountain to Mount Nebo. And from Mount Nebo, you can look over into Jerusalem and see Jericho and, yeah. you know, Israel. You can look into Israel and see Jericho and Jerusalem and all the rest. It's, yeah. it's, it's a beautiful view. Um, and Mount Nebo is mentioned several times in Scripture. Yeah. So right. um, we're in an old BMW uh, <laughs> that um, yeah, one of the friends of our missionaries is, is driving. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, it doesn't make it up the mountain. Uh-oh. <laughs> it overheats. <laughs> So now it's spewing uh, coolant and uh -huh. steam and all the rest. So we pull over to the side of the road. My goodness, if, and I'm being serious here, if I was just so surprised, nobody stopped. Uh, nobody, nobody went by us. Everybody stopped. Oh, everybody! Wow, everybody, <laughs> without fail, whether they were going up the mountain or down the mountain, said. Do you need help? Do you need help? Wow. Do you need help? All Jordanians of, you know, of, of all kinds of, you know, yeah. varying backgrounds. Um, and then, you know, they would pull over. Do you need help? Pull over. Another person would pull over. <laughs> Finally, someone pulled over and they said, oh, my brother-in-law is a tow truck driver. Oh. And so um, just leave the car with us. We'll get it hitched up and put on the, the deal and, you know, tell us where you want it. And, uh, you know, where do you want to go? We'll take you. Wow. So they took us up to the mountain. They arranged for a taxi. Uh, we took a taxi then down to the, to the Dead Sea. If I remember correctly, or maybe we're going to Petra. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> but they, the folks were uh, shockingly to me mm -hmm. um, hospitable. Yeah. And I thought this would not happen in the States. No. Because yep. most people just keep driving. They do, but everybody stopped. Yeah. And oh, that's great! It was I love just that story. It, it was just it was very sweet. Yeah. Um, and everybody knew everybody. They're calling everybody, the, the, the haggling on the phone, and all of this. <laughs> um, the follow-up story, which I won't say, I'll tell you now, because uh, uh, it's not about hospitality. <laughs> is um, my job was mm -hmm. to, to keep the taxi driver uh, awake while we were <laughs> driving down to wherever it was, Dead Sea or Petra, uh -huh. uh, because it was, uh, we were in the, the season of Ramadan, uh -huh. where you don't eat or drink right. during the yes. day, but at night you just eat and drink and celebrate all night. Well, this cat had been partying all night <laughs> and uh, was falling asleep on the way oh, down. Oh, no. And I was sitting in the front seat next to him, and so you keep poking I, him every now and then. Yeah, I did. I mean, I really had to tap him and, you know, just ask him questions about uh -huh. random things. I mean, the, you can only talk about rocks and desert for so long. Anyway, that's another story. That's great. But, well, no, it wasn't great. It was really quite scary. But our, our, And the missionaries I went and visited, I, 
I hope they watch this. I'll, I'll send them a text when we're done to say, hey, remember, remember when yeah. I had to keep that taxi uh, dude awake during Ramadan? That's awesome. All right. Anyway. All right. Well, uh, shall we pray? Let's do I that. I think we're about at the end of our time for today. Super. Right. It's been a joy. Well, Lord God, thank you mm. uh, for this time together today to talk a little bit more about what it looks like to affirm and also hold accountable our Christian leaders uh, and each other um, when that comes around. So God, help us to, um, to be aware of those times when, when we can participate and do those things to, to thank uh, our leaders, whether they're um, staff or lay leaders, to just let them know how much we appreciate uh, what they do in our church families. God, we also mm. pray for um, just the courage and the, um, the insight to hold each other accountable as well. Sometimes it's hard to say mm. things, or sometimes it's, um, it could even be a little bit scary to stand up and say uh, where you've seen someone stray. And so, mm. God, help us to... Um, be able to do those things in love and grace and um, and then that we would all be able to respond to that in a way that uh, is faithful and um, and in a way that you would have us do so so God these are big big things uh, in church life and in church families and so guide us and and help us in these areas here at RLC, and also as we reach out to those around us in our community and and out into the world. And so, Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to consider these things and add them into our our daily Christian life and practice. Mm. We give this to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Kelly. Appreciate it. Always a joy to be with you. Our congregation. Absolutely, yeah. uh, We love you. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye, everybody.